Alright, look at verse 4 of Psalm chapter 37. I'll draw your attention there. This is probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And what I want to talk about today, I want to talk about how to change your desires. Okay? Because a lot of times people look at that and they're like, wait a minute, you know, the things I desire, if we're just honest, sometimes they're not good. So, you know, how, you know, is God going to give me those bad things? I mean, it says delight, you know, but here it says delight in the law of the Lord. Okay, if we're wanting bad things, okay, we're not deli- or we're not delighting in the Lord, not the law of the Lord, but delighting in the Lord. And so many times when we look at these, we get confused, we're conflicted, we want to do right, we want to delight in the Lord, we want to follow the word of the Lord, but we just don't feel like it. And the things that we desire many times. They're just bad things, and it's like we don't know how to fix it. In Sunday school, we taught, we were, and uh, we were talking about character, just having the right character, and things that we can do to help develop character. But you know, sometimes we just don't want to do the right thing. And I believe there's a remedy to that. I believe there's a way that we can fix that. But I want you to go over to Acts chapter four. I want to look at a couple of stories here in the book of Acts uh, before I get to the main point of this message and the main thing I want to teach you from this. But in Acts chapter four and verse thirty-one. It says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that, uh, or neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation of Levite and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, something that people often do when reading the book of Acts is they will read a story from the book of Acts and then they will try to make that God's law. All right. Sometimes the Bible just tells us what happened and it's not necessarily showing us what God requires of us, what he expects of us. Because notice how in this story, the people all had everything in common. They're selling everything. They're giving it to the apostles and they're making distribution as everyone has need. Do you think God wants us to do that here? Do you think God wants all of us to sell everything we have, give it to the church, and then the church give everybody everything they need? Alright? We're not going to do that here, okay? That, that's not, that, we're not going to do that. But at the same time, notice how you know, you'll see Barnabas, he specifically mentioned, and he wasn't the only one that did this, where he took and he went and he sold all his land, he sells everything he has, and he goes and he gives it to the apostles. Now, there are preachers out there, they'll take this, and you know, they would encourage you this. I heard about a pastor one time who he got a guy to basically, he had um, some type of retirement, or uh, 401k or IRA, something like that. And he got this guy to basically cash it all in Give it to the church so the church could use that to pay a salary. And I'm thinking, 
If it was that guy's money in the first place, he just wanted to serve the church. How about he just keep the money and just work for free? You know, but instead, you know, in this pastor, he had done a lot of crooked stuff like that. He just did a lot of creepy financial things. And unfortunately, in the so-called Christian world, there's often crooked things that go on financially. And there's people that will take this and they, they would encourage somebody to take all, you know, go sell everything you have and give it to the church. Okay. Now, is it a sin? Would it be a sin for you to sell everything you have and give it to the church? Well, I think as long as you're still able to provide for your family and take care of, you know, your main responsibility, you can give all that you want. Alright? I'm not going to tell you to do that, but in that story, are we reading a story of something that just happened? Or is God trying to show us a pattern of how we're supposed to do things? I personally think what we're seeing here is just a story of what happened. And we see Barnabas, he sells everything he has and he gives it to the apostles. And we're not going to read it. In chapter 5, we have the famous story of Ananias and Sapphira. Okay, you, so you have in chapter 4, you have all these people that are selling everything they have and they're giving it to the apostles. In chapter 5, we have Ananias and Sapphira. They get caught up in the moment and they go and they sell everything they have. But I don't know, maybe they got more than they thought they would get for it. I don't know, maybe... They were like, hey, you know, I don't want to have everything in common with everyone else. I would like to have a little more than everyone else. You know, they're only distributing this much a week for each person. Well, we'd like to have more than that. I don't know. I don't know what the motivation was. But Ananias and Sapphira, they kept back part of the money. Now, was that a sin? Well, there was no sin in them keeping part of the money. Look what it says in verse uh, 3. He says... Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast lied not unto men, but unto God. So we see here that it was not a sin for him to keep back part of the land or part of the price of the land. The sin was in him lying about it. The sin was him lying and you know lying to the Holy Ghost, lying to God. That was the sin in this story, okay? And what we are to learn from this, all right? What I believe we ought to learn from this is just in one story we have people giving all, in another story we have people giving part and lying about it. And we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't lie to the Holy Ghost. So what was the difference? What was the difference between Barnabas and between Ananias and Sapphira? Okay. Why did Barnabas give all? Why did Ananias and Sapphira not give all? They did what they wanted to do. That's it. I mean, Joseph, whose surname was Barnabas, he wanted to give his money, and so he gave it. Ananias and Sapphira, they didn't want to, so they didn't. And you know one thing that is just true, and it's especially true in America, we do the things that we want to do. Okay? We do what we feel like doing. And you know what? In many cases, that's fine. Okay? Especially when it comes to your money. Okay? In the Bible, we don't see where God commands us to give any more than the tithes and offerings. Okay? You don't have to get, go sell your house. You don't have to go sell your car and give it, give it all to the church. You don't have to do those things. But you know what? If you want to do those things, you can do it. But if you don't want to do those things... You don't have to do it. At the end of the day, we're all going to end up doing the things that we want to do. And you know what? If you want to be a good Christian, you'll be a good Christian. If you don't want to be a good Christian, 
you won't be a good Christian. There's a lot of people sitting in churches that I'm trying so hard. I want to be a good Christian. I want to be right with God, but I just can't seem to do it. Well, the reason you can't seem to do it is because you don't want to do it. You just don't want to. Let's just be honest. And I believe many people today are out there that are lamenting the fact that they can't seem to get victory. They act like they want to do right. They act like they want to be a good Christian. They act like they want to be a good husband or a good father or whatever. And they just can't seem to get victory. And I'm going to tell you right now, the real problem is that they just don't want to. It is amazing what we are able to accomplish when we want to do something. And one of the things that just kind of frustrates me as a pastor is just listening to lame excuses. And I could write a book on lame excuses that I've heard for things. And you all know me. I don't beat you all up for stuff. I I don't like guilt tripping and stuff like that. I don't like that at all. But I'm just going to tell you right now, the excuses that I have heard over the years for not coming to church and stuff, it just it's, it's nauseating. And I'm going to I'll share one time, just one particularly dis- discouraging time for me. Back when we had the food pantry, I'd, I'll never forget. It was winter. It was that year where it was super cold. It was the year our pipes froze, all that. It was it was cold that year. And you know what? Our attendance was down really low that winter because, you know, nobody wanted to go out in the cold. Now, was the problem that nobody wanted to go out or that nobody could go out? Well, you know, I don't want to judge. I would never ask anybody to risk their safety or anything like that. But let me tell you something. I I remember some of y'all remember this once. It was it was 10 below outside. It was 10 below and it was time to open the food pantry. And I remember I went out and I, I would keep the doors locked until it was time because they were getting there earlier and earlier all the time. But it was, it was 10 below that day. At about 15 till, I went and I walked by the door and there was like 30 people standing outside in line. They, they could have been waiting in their cars. But they're so anxious to get their food. They're standing in line 15 minutes to get a little bit of free food. And these are people that most of them lived in the high rise. These are people, many of them are handicapped. One of the people that came out that day rode over here in his scooter in 10 below. And he only had one leg. And I told him, you know, and I would usually bring the food up to him. And then I remember I got, you know, so he went in there to wait and he got tired of waiting for me. And so he started going down the stairs with his one leg. I got freaked out. I'm like, this is not good. We can't do this anymore. I, I, I told him, it's like, don't come anymore. We'll bring your food to you. And that's another story. But I, I remember we, did, we, had, we had 30 people in line waiting for some free food and 10 below. And I remember the next Sunday morning, we had like 20 people in church. None of them were the people that got the food the day before either. None of them. And you know, and I'm nice, all right? But, but I'm hearing these excuses. Oh, it's cold. You know, roads are bad, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm thinking... If you wanted to be here, you would be here. End of story. Now, I, I, I hear these things all the time, too. You know, we can't, we can't come to church because there's a little bit of snow on the ground. But then, you know, I'll see you at Walmart the next day. You know, I'll see you at Walmart pushing a grocery cart, checking out. And you know what you're checking out? You know what? You know, yeah, well, we've got to have groceries. We've got to have food. No, you, you get nice cream. You know, you're checking out ice cream, making a trip just to get ice cream when it's that cold out. You know, 
Why did you do that? Was it because you needed to? No, it's because you wanted ice cream. You want ice cream so bad, you'll brave the slippery roads to go get that, but you won't go to church. What's the problem? Okay, here's the problem. You want ice cream more than you want to go to church sometimes. Now, don't look at me like, like you ne- you know, you're never that way. Listen, sometimes we don't want to do things that we should want to do. Sometimes we don't want to go to church. Even as a pastor, sometimes I don't want to go to church. Okay, I'll admit it. But I was at least taught, you know what, you do it whether you like it or not. Okay, some of us have never done anything that we didn't want to do. And that's why any little thing will stop us from doing some things. Any little thing. Just a little bit of snow. And not even snow, alright? Let me tell you one of the biggest enemies of church attendance is the stinking weather channel. I talked about that last week. It's always an apocalypse, alright? It's always an apocalypse. And I think they forecast possibility of snow every Sunday, or every Saturday for Sunday on purpose. And then it's like, oh man, you know, I hear about it all the time. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be big snow this Sunday. It's always Sunday. It's always Sunday. And then half the time, it doesn't even snow on Sunday. But because of the forecast, we couldn't even try going out that day. Alright? But listen, but you will. It will actually be snowing on Monday. And you'll go to McDonald's. You'll go to Walmart. You'll go to all the places where you want to go. And at the end of the day, we've just got to start being honest. And we've got to say, you know what? Our excuses are lame. Nobody's falling for our excuses. Pastor Tommy plays dumb and pretends that he believes our excuses. But you know what? Even he's smart enough to know that's not the case. I, I, I do. I listen to so many excuses these, these days, too. And a lot of the excuses I listen to are people that don't go to this church. You know, there are people they can't, they, you know, they can't get in a good church. I, I, I'm tired of these people, too. They're always calling me up. Talking about how we're, uh, you know, our church stinks, our church is terrible, there's no soul winning, we want to go to church like yours, one move, and they, they always have all these excuses. Hey, if you wanted to be here, you'd be here. If you wanted to be in a good church, you'd be in a good church. If you wanted to go soul winning, you would go soul winning. Okay? It's just, you're using these things as an excuse. It's all there, it's all there is to it. If you wanted, if you really wanted to do it, you would do it. This is America, we do what we want to do. People will pay. A hundred dollars a month for a cell phone. For one. Why? Because they want it. I mean, four hundred dollars for a phone. Why? Because you want it. Four dollars for a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Why? Because you want it. We spend crazy amounts of money on things. Why? Because we want to. And if we are if we are giving, it's because we want to. If we're not giving, it's because we don't want to. If you're sowing, it's because you want to. If you're not, it's because you don't want to. Whatever it is you're doing or you're not doing, folks, you're, I, I can tell what you want to do just by what you're doing. And you can talk all you want about how I want to do things, but if you're not doing them, it's because you don't want to. That's all there is to it. Your desires are bad. Your desires are wrong. We find ways to do the things we want to do. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Okay, and this is not just a message about giving, but I think giving is one of the best examples of that. We do what we want to do in giving. So, you know, I can't afford, you know, the, the, the stupid things that we can afford. You go to the junkiest house in town, I promise it'll have a satellite dish on top of the house. They're paying 50, 60, 70, whatever it costs a month for their 400 channels that keeps them so busy they can't go out and get a job. 
They find, people find ways to do the things they want to do. You go find the poorest person out there, they'll have a cell phone. I was at McDonald's one time and I saw a bunch of people from the homeless shelter on their cell phones. We find ways to get the things we want and do the things that we want to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But, I, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. He says, God loveth the cheerful giver. You know, and I, this is one of the reasons I don't guilt trip in this church. This is one of the reasons I don't twist your arm. I'm not pushy. I'm not mean. Okay, I don't want people doing things in here that they don't want to do. Okay, if you know, have you ever had somebody do something for you before, but they made themselves out to be such a martyr, it wasn't even worth it. You know, it's like if you're going to go and you're going to give your twenty dollars in the offering. And then I got to hear about how you're going to starve to death this week for the you know, rest of the week. You know, just keep your twenty dollars. All right. OK, if you do come out to church when there's some snow on the road. All right. If you don't, you know, I don't want to hear, you know, you complain, oh, I'm probably going to die on the way home. I need you praying for me. You know, boy, I hope I make it. You know, you're going to really feel bad if I get in a wreck. You know, all, you know hey, just, just don't come then. All right. If you don't want to do it, just, just don't do it. If you don't want to give, then just don't give. If you don't want to be in this church, then just don't come to this church. All right? Nobody's twisting your arm. Okay? Nobody's trying to make you do anything. I want people to give because they want to give. I want you to come to this church because you want to be here. I want you to be doing all these things for the right reasons. Okay? But at the same time, what if you don't want to do the right thing? You need to fix that. You need to change it. God loves a cheerful giver. Okay? He said, don't give grudgingly or of necessity. He loves the cheerful giver. Okay? Whenever you give that, when you give your tithe and you put that in the offering plate, God doesn't want to hear you crying in prayer to Him. All right, Lord, you're required to, you know, feed me. You know, Lord, I better get a check in the mail. You know, no, He loves the cheerful giver. Okay? He likes the people who are doing it because they want to do it. Alright? Are there any other husbands in here any my this has never happened in my marriage before all right but you know you did something nice for your wife but you didn't have a choice all right I, that's never happened in my marriage before but you know you bought her flowers you got her birthday present you, know, you took her out to dinner and you did it you did the nice thing but you know it's because you had to and you know what your wife they know when you have to do it and they don't appreciate it as much either. But you still have to do it anyway, don't you? Right? I hear this from other people's marriage issues and stuff like that. But you know, there, nobody likes to have to force somebody to do something that's good. What is it? Why do you still get nagged by your wife if you do what she made you do? It's because she's mad that you didn't want to do it. That's why. You know, if you go ahead and you help clean up the house... Alright, you know, but you know, she's still mad at you because you should have wanted to do it. Alright? That's what all the other wives are like. Okay? Not mine, but that's just the that, that that's the way it is. Well, you know, God's the same way. He wants us to want to do the right thing. And if we don't want to do the right thing, there are some things that we can do to change our desire. Turn over to Proverbs chapter thirteen and verse twenty. Because you know, 
I want to help in this thing. And and here's what most pastors do. All right, man, my people don't want to, they don't want to come to church. They don't want to be faithful to church. How am I going to make them want to come to church? Well, there's one way you can make them want to come to church. Put on a better show. All right. You know, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll bring in the stand up comedians, you know, well, let's get, do the light show. Let's get the praise team. You know, let's, let's put on a big production. Let's do the little skits and plays and things that people are doing to try to entertain the crowd. I don't want to do that. God has not called me to do that. God's called me to preach the Word. So that's not an option, alright? I'm not going to turn into Pastor Trendy and do all the stuff that he does. I've got to do the things that that God has commanded. So if we're going to get people doing the right thing, we've got to change the desires. So what are we going to do? Proverbs 13.20, it says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Alright? So one of the things we need to do to change our desires is we need to surround ourselves with people who want to do the right things. Okay? One of the reasons we're so pathetic is because we hang around pathetic people. If you hang around wise, the Bible says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. The things that we do with other people the people we surround ourselves with, it affects our desires. Okay? The things we hear people talking about affect our desires. Okay? How many of you before, you, are, you all of a sudden had this massive craving for a specific restaurant because you heard somebody talking about it? You know, somebody starts talking about steak, all of a sudden you want steak. I mean, just right, that right there makes some of you want steak right now. My mouth's watering right now. Now swallow, you know. Otherwise, I'm going to start drooling. I just hearing people talk about certain things, it will make you desire certain things. Well, if you're surrounding yourselves with people who are talking about just the filth of this world, you know what? You're going to end up desiring the filth of this world. We need to make sure we surround ourselves with people who have the right desires. You need, you know, I don't feel like soul winning. Well, you know what? Go to a soul winning conference. Okay. You know, go, hang around soul winners. Listen to talking about soul winning. And all of a sudden, you're going to be like, hey, I want to see what this is all about. I want to try this. How many of you have ever gone to a restaurant before just because you heard everybody talking about it all the time? Man, everybody's been talking about this restaurant. I'm going to go try it out. And then you find out, yeah, it is good. It is what everybody said. You never would have tried it had you not heard people talking about it. You know, the things that we see affect our desires. In Lamentation uh, 3, verse 51, it says, Mine eye affecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. Mine eye affecteth my heart. The things we see, it affects our heart. The things that we are looking at, those things that we see, they affect our desires. Well, what are you looking at all the time? What kind of things are you watching? If you're watching the filth of television, okay, they're going to try to get you desiring certain things. It, it's it's going it, to... you know. Product placement is real, all right? They do product placement on TV. You know, these commercials, uh, they're there for a reason. Hey, because our eye affects our heart. Advertisers have figured that out. That's why they spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl, on Super Bowl ads. They're like, millions of people are going to see this. It will make them want to buy our product. People spend a bunch of money putting up billboards. Things. Why? If it, we see it, it will cause us to want to try it. That is just human nature. Our local culture can rub off on us. Turn over to Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 2. Jeremiah 10 verse 2 says, Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, 
and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. Okay? Now, I've heard people use this passage before to preach against Christmas trees. All right? But what this is talking about here, what he's saying is he's talking about, you know, they cut these trees down and they'll go and they'll make an idol out of these trees. And he's saying, don't be afraid of that idol. It can't do anything. It must needs be born. It has to be carried by man. And they can go and they can decorate it up. They can carve it up. They can do whatever. They can fasten it somewhere so it won't be moved. But at the end of the day, it has no ability to hurt you or do good for you. So don't be afraid of it. And he's saying here, he's saying, learn not the way of the heathen. In other words, don't get caught up in their customs and things. Don't get caught up in their foolishness, in their, in their ways, in their superstitions. He says, be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. And you might think, oh, you know, I'm not like them. But you know what? Let's just be honest for a minute. How many of you all maybe ever, you know, just, you don't have to raise your hand, but be honest with yourself. Any of you all ever get nervous on Friday the 13th? My wife and I, when we were going to get married, we were anxious to get married. We wanted to get married as soon as possible, but we got married April 20th instead of April 13th because it was going to be a Friday. We don't want to get married on Friday the 13th. Uh, you know, do I believe Friday the 13th has any power? No. But who wants to get married Friday the 13th? I, you know, it's just, you know, that stuff kind of rubs off on us. Right? So I, I'm not like that. How many of y'all are afraid to walk under a ladder? Well, this is common sense. You don't know. We don't want to walk under ladders, do we? You know, black cat crosses your path. All right. You're driving down the road. A black cat runs across the road. You're driving more careful after that, aren't you? All right. Now, that's a bunch of foolishness. But you know what? Some of us do that. You know, you break a mirror, you get a little nervous. All right. You break, if you break a mirror and then later something bad happens to you. You know, your car breaks down. I broke that mirror. Seven years bad luck. You know, just, you know, just a lot of that foolishness. That stuff rubs off on us, doesn't it? You know, and we should not get caught up in that stuff. That's the kind of foolishness lost people get caught up in. That's the kind of junk that they fall for. Well, you know what? A lot of Christians fall for a lot of the same stupidity that lost people do, whether it be politically. Uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, the politicians that even Christians will get caught up in, a lot of the political things. Why do we fall for that foolishness? Why do we get deceived by the politicians? You know why? Because we're watching all the same junk. You know, we're listening to all these people, and so we're gonna, we end up falling for the same stuff. We all get caught up in the same foolishness as everybody else. You know why? Because we're surrounded by morons. And we've got to say, you know what? I'm going to start separating myself from these things. I'm not going to watch all this junk on television. I'm not going to go hanging around all the filth and, uh, you know, of this world. I'm going to hang around the people of God. I'm going to get involved in the house of God. I'm going to make friends with people in my church and people that are godly, people that have the right desires. I want to surround myself with that stuff. That way, it will rub off on me. And we do. the thing. The, 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 there's things that... Uh, you know, we get caught up in just because we're surrounded by people who are caught up in those things. 
I've seen it before in churches where it's like all the women have the same hairdo. And it's ugly. And I remember there was one church in particular. I remember all the women had the same hairdo. And it was the ugliest hairdo in the world. And I'm thinking, why are they all cutting their hair that way? I, it was one, I, to this day, I still hate that hairdo. It's not that popular anymore. I'm thankful for it. But I remember everybody was doing it. And it's like, why, why would that woman do that? Because everybody else was doing it. You know, and we just, we end up doing what the people around us are doing. So if you're doing stupid stuff, it's because you want to do stupid stuff. And it's because you're surrounding yourself with stupid people. So you know what? Get around the right kind of people and you'll, you'll do better. So, and there, there, so there's a lot of, the only people that deny a lot of these things are Christians. Okay? Christians are the only one that deny this. You know, all the major companies agree with what I'm saying. Whether it be product placement. I remember my dad told me, I remember you know, Reese's Peace was like a big thing back in the 80s. And E.T. helped it. There was a part where he's baiting E.T. with Reese's Pieces. And, the, and I did all that stuff when I was a kid. I would get caught up in all that stuff. I would want all the cereal based off the commercials I saw. I, mean, I wanted the Popeye bubble gum in one cereal. Just because I saw the commercials for it. And I got home from school that day. And my dad got that cereal and I went to go find the gum and it was gone. My sister ate it all. Still bitter about it to this day. I mean, I, I can, I mean, there are so many things like that when I was a kid. I fell for all the commercials when I was a kid. And you know, my kids are the same way. You know, they see the stuff that's out there. You know, we don't have, they don't see the commercials on television and stuff, but the, the, the advertisements and things are everywhere. And they see that stuff and they get caught, they get caught up in it and they're one. And, you know, and I, I just tell my kids that's stupid. You know, that stuff's brain dead. It's one of the things I talk about, especially with the kids stuff. You know, dumbing people down. But I'm telling you, these things work. This is why companies want you to like their Facebook page. Okay? How does, you know, a restaurant or something, what do they have to gain from me pushing like on their Facebook page? Well, if I push, you know, there's no cash that they'll get. But if I push like on their Facebook page, all my friends are going to see that, hey... You know, your friend Tom McMurtry likes whatever. Family table. And then it's going to put it in your head. Maybe I should go eat at family table. And it works. People pay a lot of money for this stuff. And it's like Christians, we're the only ones that deny this stuff. But no, what we surround ourselves with, the people we surround ourselves with, they will affect our desires. And so, so you, know, you might think, you know, where is the money in these things? Where is the millions, you know, how do they, beer companies, get their millions of dollars back from these commercials that they pay for? They get it back from all the customers that are out there. They go buy it just because of that. And I've done, I have, you know, and I'm, I'm like this. There have been times I've seen commercials I thought were great, and I'm like, I'm going to go get that product just because I like that commercial. And there's been times I said, I'm not getting that product because I hate that commercial. I remember when Burger King, they came out with that commercial with that, what was that called? that Pride Whopper or something. And it had like the rainbow thing on it. And on the commercial, they had all these freaks in a Burger King. And they're all getting this, I think it was called the Pride Whopper or something. What was it called? AIDS Burger. Yeah. That's not what they called in the commercial. But yeah, they, and everybody, they open the Whopper up and you look at it and it's the same as all the other Whoppers. Teaching us that we're all the same. And the one lady's on there, oh, I'm just going to cry. it. That commercial made me so sick. And I, I didn't eat at Burger King for the longest time. 
after I saw that stupid commercial. That it, it made me sick. I was like, you know what? They need to suffer for that commercial. You know what? That commercial went away. They haven't done any more like that, and there's no Pride Whopper there, or whatever it's called. Because I, I think that one failed them big time, and it should have. But you know that was that was I think that was just a big mistake that they made there. But the thing is, companies they understand we got if we get people talking about it, it's gonna it's gonna affect people. These things work, and so we need to surround ourselves with things that will cause us to have the right desires. Look at Philippians chapter four and verse eight. We've got to surround ourselves with the right kind of people. We've got to surround ourselves with the right kind of things because these are what are affecting our desires. You wonder why these people wear just the freakish clothing that they wear. Because they're watching MTV. You know, they're watching all these rock stars and these pop stars and country singers. They're watching all these people do these things. And so they go and repeat that stuff, right? Why do you think women are shaving the sides of their head today? All right? That is the, one of the ugliest things that a woman can do to themselves. And a lot of these women don't have much going for them to begin with. And then they go and they shave the size of their head. Okay? Now, I don't know who the freaks are that are doing it, but I, I, it's some Hollywood freak is doing it. And so, we'll go do it too. Just a bunch of brainless morons. And they're, they're doing it because they see it and it affects them. I don't know who these people are because obviously we're not watching the same people because I'm repulsed by that stuff. But let me tell you something. You know, I'm going to keep my kids away from that stuff. There's some woman, some singer, she's got the size of her head shaved. I'm not letting my daughters watch that stuff. I don't want my daughters coming to me and, Dad, can I shave the size of my head? First of all, you know, none of them are dumb enough to ask me that. But, you know... If I surround them with enough of that junk, they might. Look at verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. We've got to be thinking about the right things. Well, if we're going to think about the right things, we have to be surrounded by the right things. And if we walk with Christ, we won't like our sin. Okay, you cannot be close to Christ and enjoy your sin. It just it won't work. Jesus Christ, He's going to shine that light on our sin, where it's going to be exposed for what it is, and we're not going to like it. Okay, and. It's, and that's why many people don't want to be close to Christ. Because if you do, if you start drawing nigh to God, if you start getting close to Him, He's going to start revealing a lot of that sin and that junk that's in your life and you're going to have to make a choice. Hey, I can't enjoy this sin when I'm close to Christ. So I can either get far away from Him or I can give those things up and get closer to Him. And if we're, if we're around Christ, we're going to want to be like Christ. If you walk with people who love God, it's going to cause you to love God. If you walk with people who hate God, you're going to be the same way. If you're around people who are good at doing things that are good, you're going to want to be good at those things too. There was a time when you know I, I hung around a lot of people, a lot of preachers who golfed all the time. And I would go golfing with them. And... I never had a desire to be a great golfer or anything, but when I would go golfing with them, especially people that were better than me, all of a sudden I wanted to get better at my golf game. Now, I don't care. 
because I don't hang around golfers. You know, I've, I've been golfing, I've been golfing since we moved out here, not one time. And I'm, I need to, I bought a bunch of clubs one time. I got them super cheap at a secondhand store and I got them just for throwing. Because I'm always wanting to throw my golf clubs in the water or break them over my knee or something like that, but they cost a lot of money. Well, these ones didn't. And I, I thought it'd feel so good to just launch that thing into the pond where I hit my ball. And so I needed to go you know, just so I can let out some frustration like that. But, you know, I, I don't desire to be good at those things because I'm not around people that are good at those things. But you know what? We've all been there before. If you're hanging around people that are good at a certain sport and they're always talking about it, all of a sudden we want to do it. All of a sudden we want to be good at it. I don't know. I'm just competitive. I don't like being outdone. Okay? I, I'm not very good at bowling, but I'm better than most of my family. So I feel pretty good about myself. All right? But if I'm hanging around good bowlers, all of a sudden... I'm not going to feel so good about my game anymore. And I'm going, to, I'm going to want to improve it. I'm going to want to learn from those things. And many of us today, we just have no desire to do anything because we hang around a bunch of people who never accomplish anything, who never do anything. We need to surround ourselves with the right kind of people. Paul said those things which he have both learned and received and seen in me do. He's telling them to follow my example. And I believe there were many who wanted to follow his example. I believe there's guys like Timothy who wanted to follow his example. We see Timothy was somebody that Paul wrote to a lot. And you know what? We see in one passage, Timothy, I think it was in Philemon, was in prison with Paul. What's he doing in prison? Well, that's something Paul did all the time. He got thrown in prison. And guess what? Timothy got thrown in prison too. For a good reason. For preaching the gospel. You know, we're going to end up like the people that we surround ourselves with. So if you want to, be right, if you want to do right, you got to get around people that are doing the right things. And... Because he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. We, do, we all hate being in a conversation where everyone's talking about something we don't know about. Don't you hate that? Have you ever been and everybody's all excited and they're all fired up at talking about something and you have absolutely nothing to contribute to the conversation? Because you've never done that before. You know, you've never done that. And, but what does it make you want to do? I want to go try that out. I want to see if I can do that. I want, I, want, I want to be able to contribute in that conversation. We are, I mean, we are moved by these things in more ways that we want to admit. You know, if I, wanted, if, if I went and I met some of your family or your close friends that were outside of this church, it would, it would make a lot of things make sense about you. You know, maybe even just some of the weird habits that, you know, that people have some of the mannerisms and things that we have, you know, we get them from our family members. And have you ever been there before where you met someone's family member, you were really close to that person and you met a family member and all of a sudden things just started making sense about them. Okay. Why is that? Because you realize, Oh, that's where they got that. That's why they talk that way. That's why they use this terminology. You know, why do I talk like a Yankee? Cause I live around a bunch of Yankees. I'm embarrassed by it. I don't want to be that way. I've always wished I had the southern accent, but I don't. Because you all are rubbing off on me. I say you guys and things like that, you know, instead of y'all. And those, those things, they affect us in a big way. And so while, you know, at the end, we do what we want to do. We, we try the things that we want to try. We accomplish the things that we want to accomplish. And there are many people today, they're not doing anything simply because they don't want to do anything. Most of the people that are not in church today, it's just because they don't want to be in church. If they wanted to be here, 
they would be here. And we've got to stop just making excuses all the time. We've got to stop just going and, you know, thinking these things, you know, thinking these things are reason. Okay, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 7, I like this passage too, where um, this was after the, uh, the woman, she pours that expensive ointment on Jesus. Judas comes along saying it's a big waste of money. And Jesus makes a statement. He says, For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. Okay? Now, this week when we were in California, we saw a lot of homeless people. A lot of people out on street corners holding signs, wanting money. Alright? How many of them did I help? None. Alright? Why? I didn't want to. Alright? Don't look at me like that. There's people out at Walmart all the time and you drive by them all the time and you don't give them any money. Okay? Now, how often are you supposed to help them? How often should you give them money? Well, Jesus said, whensoever you will. So whenever you want to. Okay. I never want to. I don't ever want to help poor people. I don't ever want to help the homeless. Alright, well, are you okay with that? Are you, are you okay with having no desire to be generous at all? Alright, well, if you're okay with that, well then, you know, don't do anything. But if you're not okay with that, what you need to do is start working on changing those desires. So you should start hanging around people who are generous. You should start surrounding yourself with people who are good at giving and are thinking about others and not being self-centered. You know, you got, you got to get around those people. And if you do, all of a sudden, that will change. And we've got to make sure that, we're, uh, that we work on that. The Bible says, Delight the self of the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And, the way, we de- and we, the way we delight in the Lord is by being like Him you know, following His Word, keeping His commandments. And many people today just aren't just because they don't want to. And if you get anything from this message, if you don't, you know, even if you're not going to follow anything, if you'll just do this one thing for me, just understand that I get human nature and that I get you. And you all do what you want to do. And I already know that. And if you're not doing something, it's because you don't want to do it. And your excuse will not make me feel better. Just, I'd rather you just be honest. In fact, I don't feel like coming to church tonight, so I'm not going to. You know, I don't, I don't feel like reading my Bible this week. I don't feel like going soul winning, so I'm just not going to. I'm going to just go and lay on a couch, stuff my face, watch TV instead. I'd rather you just be honest. And I think if we did that, we'll, now, I don't want to do that. Well, then you know what? Why don't you start working on your desires? Force yourself, have enough character to do these things that are mentioned and surround yourselves with people doing the right thing. And, so, and there's people that listen online and they do a lot of talk about all they want to do all these things. No, no, you don't. All right? You're making excuses. If you wanted to do the right thing, you'd do the right thing. And if you don't want to do the right thing, part of your problem is because you're not in a good church. You need to surround yourselves with people who have the right desires, who have the right goals, that are doing the right things, and you especially need to get close to Christ. If you're close to Christ, you're going to want to be like Him. You're not going to be satisfied in your sorry condition. It will change 
your desires getting close to Christ. And I believe that's what we need to do. That's what we need a good dose of. And I do. and, And if we do, if we get the desire, we will get it done. Folks, whatever we want to do, if we want to be the greatest soul winning church in America, we can get that done. If we want to be the greatest soul winning church just in the state of Illinois, oh, that'll be easy. I mean, we you know, we we could do these things, all right? We can build the greatest and best and the biggest church in this area if we want to do these things. We can do that. We can be the friendliest church if we want to be friendly. We can be giving generous people if we want to. We can accomplish things, great things. If we want to look at what lost people are able to accomplish when it comes to whether it be building buildings, building businesses, they accomplish great things. Why? Because they have a great desire for that. Why aren't we seeing great church, many great churches today? It's because the people in the pews don't want to be great. They don't want to do great things for God. That's a problem right there. And the problem lies in who we surround ourselves with and what we surround ourselves with. Some of us are just going to have to unplug the TV. We're getting getting programmed by Hollywood and the news media into just being pathetic. We, you know, and sometimes who we work with, you know, you can't control that a whole lot. Sometimes we work with pathetic, but you know what? Maybe we need to try to do more to get a job where we can work with some people that will motivate us and inspire us that are good workers. We need to be around the people of God and the things of God and that will change our desires. And so I hope you'll do that. Because I don't know about you, I want this to be a great church. I want to be a great Christian. I want us as a, as a church to accomplish great things for God. And all we have to do to make that happen, because us being a great church, us winning people to Christ and accomplishing great things, did you know that's God's will? That is God's will for our church to accomplish great things. It's His will. And all we have to do is want it and we'll get it. And so, let's make ourselves want it. Let's make ourselves want it. Today, or this week, I went to a conference that has some of the greatest preachers in the world at it. Fact, not opinion. Fact. Why do I go to stuff like that? It was at one of the greatest churches in the world. Fact, not opinion. Why did I go there? So it will rub off. And you know what? You know, I, I think some of it is rubbing off. I heard some hard preaching this week. And you know what? It motivated me to preach a message tonight that, you know, I think is going to, you know, you might see some of that rub off. <laughs> it, it, it's going to happen. I was warned that if I followed the crowd that I've been following, that it would make me like them. And it didn't scare me at all. I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's do it. I want to be that way. I want our church to be like that. I think that's good. And so that, it's it's, it's just a fact of life. And so we've just got to to come to grips with who we are, why we are what we are, and then we've got to do the things that the Bible teaches so we can fix that. And I hope you do that. So let's pray, dear Lord. We thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for uh, the instruction that it gives us. We thank You for the Holy Spirit that You put inside of us. And dear God, I pray You'll help us to do the things that Your Word has told us to do so we will have the right desires. You've already promised that You'd give us the desires of our heart if we delight in You. And so I pray, Lord, we'll, uh, we'll make that a priority and we'll, uh, we'll do the things that You said to do and that, uh, so we can see the great things that You promised would come from it. We thank You for it. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's